Hello and welcome back to the And Up podcast with me, Miriam and Bridget. And me, Bridget. So today we've got Steve Cook, who is one of our instructors at And Up, the lead instructor. Hi, Steve. Good morning, ladies. How are you? We're good. We're We're good. Well, thank you. How are you doing? All good. Oh, good. Looking forward to this. (laughs) Nervous? No. (laughs) Never knows. Just to paint the picture, we have um, Steve in the stockroom with us, and we are all pretty much sitting in a conga line. Yes. Yeah. It's the best place for sound. Um, Yeah. The previous ones, the room that we were in, we could hear the traffic, so hopefully this one's better. Yeah. We've made a bit of a change. So now we can hear your stories clearly. Yeah. <laughs> so, how did you first get into diving, Steve? Uh, I started diving quite a long time ago, in the early 70s. I was uh, uh, brought up in Brixham in Devon, where my family are deep-sea fishermen. Uh, so I've grown up by the water, and naturally, diving was the way forward. And I, I learned to dive in Fort Bobby Sand um, through the BSAC system. Um, when it was the days that we used to have to build our own wetsuits, etc. <laughs> so slightly different to what it is today. A little bit different. Wow, what would you build your wetsuits out of? Uh, it's a latex rubber. You used to get a kit and you used to have to build it. It was part of one of our BSAC sessions oh, on wow. how to build your Maybe uh, we need wetsuit. to do another podcast yeah. about that with, with, with Andy because uh, Dad used to, um, yeah. Make his own wetsuits Yeah, as well. and they used to sell the kits and stuff. So. Wow, that's incredible because then you actually get to know more about the product that you're wearing as well and every single part of it and how it works. Yeah, the, certainly the 70s were still the very early days of um, sort of recreational diving. It was still seen as a bit of an extreme sport, which, which really the crazy went off and did uh, yeah there was still a lot of influences from jack Cousteau and uh, my, probably my biggest influence was national geographic when they used to go traveling around the world doing their their um reports and stuff oh wow so you're admitting you're one of the crazies from the 70s <laughs> <laughs> dare, dare, daring Daredevil. to dive deep <laughs> Yeah, I think just to dive. Yeah. Was, uh, those days yeah. was uh, a lot more challenging than it is today. It's yeah. certainly easier to learn to dive and... It's a lot more accessible equipment. as well, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And certainly that's one of the things that I'm sort of passionate about is giving everybody a chance access to dive. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you've got disability, it doesn't matter whether you uh, are scared of water. Yeah. I'm sure we can... Uh, help you to get you to dive so with people who are tend to be scared of water or they they enjoy going in the water but it's normally people fear putting their head under and like going deeper what what would your advice be to people like that how how do you how do you encourage people to learn to dive who have that little bit of fear you've got to be kind and very patient and as you can tell with the tone of my voice, <laughs> it's relaxed. Yeah. There's no point being really panicky. Yeah. But just calm people down. And yeah, I recently had a lady that um, really couldn't even put her head under the water. Uh, within an hour with me, she was at the deep end of our pool, oh. uh, swimming around with no mask on. So it is all about getting used to it. That's in, uh, some people don't like the claustrophobia under the water. There isn't a great deal you can do with that. You just... Take your time yeah. and get them used to breathing underwater. And you've done a lot over the years of our sort of one-to-one sessions, haven't you? So 
if um yeah there are people like you saying then we'll always uh... i'm just trying to encourage <laughs> Sai, my partner into the water Sai, if you're listening <laughs> yes. absolutely we will yeah. get you diving <laughs> yeah you will let go of the noodle <laughs> it's once they go away on holiday and they can see all the fish and stuff under the water and all the colours and that. We have to remember that most of the planet is underwater, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't get to see a lot mm-hmm. of that. It's the first time you get to go swim with a turtle, for example. You know, that is a special experience, and diving gives you that opportunity. Yeah, it's yeah, another, it's like true. we said before, it is another world, isn't it? Yeah. So it's having that accessibility to, to go and do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So how did you get into teaching what made you decide to get into teaching well originally it was when i learned to dive through the bzac system i went on and being a club instructor and housing instructor when i was very young i had a long gap then of quite a few years like 20 years where i didn't do much diving and then in 2015 i came back to the paddy system of diving and did some training with mike rushworth when he yeah. used to be instructor with us here uh, and then I got the bug again and since then I have really had the bug but as I've got older I, as we've described weirdly with the people that have got disabilities and shy and etc was I, I wanted to pass on my knowledge over the years because I've been to most places around yeah. the world at some stage or another so it's the ability to talk to people explain what diving's about and actually encourage them so I'm really passionate about developing those people yeah. in there. And also, I suppose, of teaching them to, you know, you get people that come in that want to do mostly stuff abroad, and you've probably been there, so it's then using that skill of actually, okay, so what you need to do to go there. Absolutely, yeah. For example, if I teach refresher sessions, uh, especially one-to-one refresher sessions that we run, is I tailor that for where people are going. So if they tell me they're going diving in Thailand, I teach in Thailand quite often. So I can tell people about the different dive sites they're going to dive on and what precautions they need to take and guide their training or their refresher training to where they're going to go on holiday. So when they go on holiday, they feel more confident yeah. and just more relaxed. Which is really important for people. Yeah, because definitely. They, that way they get to experience a lot more of the underwater world rather than panicking about their dive. So you don't just obviously and out, you, you obviously teach all the mains of paddy traditional dive courses but you head up all our first aid at work efr dan training how did you get into that because you know you said you had a big kind of gap in year of diving what was your career before this that um i suppose makes you knowledgeable about teaching that that side of it yeah well i suppose it started when i was in school i did the duke of edinburgh awards scheme and i started off uh with a placement with the coast guard in brixham uh, part of that was I got involved with doing cliff rescues and things like that and first aid courses became part of that and at the time I was living on Dartmoor and I was involved with the Dartmoor um, search and rescue teams and that was an element of first aid training I then went into the military and became a, a medic in the RAF um, specialising in search and rescue so predominantly with that it was mountain rescue then the helicopter search and rescue with the Air Force and the Navy. I ended up as the, the lead trainer, first aid trainer for both those services. Uh, 
and then when I left the services after 32 years, I went on and worked for the NHS for seven years as a, a training manager, again, all around the medical training. So all in all, I spent 39 years in that sort of medical field, not just teaching, but also designing a lot of the stuff that you see nationally now in first aid courses. So, yeah, just a little bit of knowledge then. <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> little bit of experience. Yeah. <laughs> but that's good because you can bring that, you know, side of it, especially the first aid side. It's not, you know, it's keeping your body safe and other bits, but it's not just underwater. It's, you know, on the boat or, you know, around the dive site. And you, you've got that extra knowledge from, I suppose, the career you've had. Yeah, I'm probably be fairly unique. Um, there are lots of highly experienced people specialise in first aid but my area of expertise is in remote area medicine so yeah. I've been an expedition leader on international expeditions and I've been in situations which most people don't get themselves in so that when I can teach a first aid course I've got all that experience to show you know a lot of the time you can get first aid instructors that have done a course to be a first aid yeah. instructor but have never actually treated a casualty in 39 years I've treated one or two people yeah it's good to have that practical knowledge especially to pass it on to a student would you say that um for people even at an advanced diving level should they all kind of do a first aid course would you recommend it yeah people should be aware of yeah first aid diving absolutely first aid even for first aid uh, for diving instructors it's often they do it because it's a tick that they yeah. are required to do but to keep it current and up to date they don't do so much and I strongly recommend people keep first aid skills as far as I'm concerned is the government at the moment are trying to push that first aid taught in schools uh, to school children I think that's where it should be started at the school age and all the way through your life you should keep your first aid skills because sometime in your life you will have to use those skills. It's a good, yeah, yeah, for yeah. anyone, isn't it? Even yeah. if you so think, it's kind you know, of autopilot in the back or, of yeah, your head, yeah, yeah, to kind of. And we're and are very passionate about yes, that because we, we do yeah. make sure all that stuff for training <laughs> yeah. first day. <Yeah. laughs> they are very entertaining if you do a first day at work course with Steve. <laughs> they are fun. <laughs> he definitely puts you under pressure. <laughs> Gives you some scary moments to <laughs> yeah. experience, I can imagine. Yeah, Real some, life yeah, scary exactly. moments. Yeah. Yeah. And equally, when we run uh, the Paddy Rescue course, again, we try and make it as realistic as possible, uh, rather than just following our slates as yeah. we were doing instructors. We make it more interesting for people and try and add in scenarios that were realistic to what they actually may come across when they go diving. And would you say for anyone that, um, you know, starts their diving, they come to us, they do their open water, um, do you think most divers should get up to that rescue level so that they've got that experience for, yeah, the future and helping other divers? Yeah, absolutely. So most people, when they learn to dive, they should look towards achieving advanced open water it can be fairly quickly depending on how well they do on their open water and we yeah. always give them guidance on that but if you want to be an independent diver the best one to do is the rescue course and the rescue course is also the pivotal course that will tell you whether you want to go uh, achieve your master scuba diver rating yeah. or perhaps even 
go into the pro route. Yeah. And when I say the pro route, that may be dive master or instructor. doesn't mean to say that you want to instruct or you want to be a dive master. No. But it will improve your training and skills by doing those courses. Becoming a, yeah, yeah. more I guess confident it's just, diver. Yeah, more experience. Mm. Every time you're jumping back into the water, you're, all your checks are constantly there. You're kind of, you, you're being able to experience more by not thinking. Definitely. And you say about master scuba diver, obviously we've got a lot of um, specialty courses that we run here. You've been heading up the, the Zoom courses that we've done in, in lockdown. Um, and particularly we've, especially in this last year, done a lot on Project Aware. What is it that you're passionate about and why do you want to get more people involved um, in those courses? Is it the awareness of the environment? Well, this goes back really to when I was a childhood growing up in Devon. Um, the 70s wasn't that long after the Tory Canyon incident where a large uh, um, oil tanker spilled lots of oil along the south coast and the southwest coast in particular and also where I come from Tor Bay was where they used to um, change from being large tankers full of oil that used to come up from the um, Gulf region and then change into smaller tankers to go up up into the refineries using the English Channel. So we used to get a lot of oil waste along the beaches, Devon. And I used to monitor that pollution and collect samples of dead birds and everything yeah. to send them off to labs. So for me, having a clean environment has always been quite a passionate thing. I used to do a lot of wild bird surveys and stuff like that uh, and look at uh, rock pools and that. So what I've tried to do in Andark is, with your help, really, isn't it, <laughs> is to try and promote uh, this idea that every dive we do should yeah. have a purpose to it. So that, like when we do our Sunday dives, what we do is we um, give our divers uh, mesh bags to go collect any uh, rubbish, or as Americans say, trash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we record that, and we record that on the um, Dive Against Debris um website on their app that Paddy have got so we record the waste that we do and dive and that then we're passing on that information to other parties not just in the UK but around the world yeah. adding to that we're trying to encourage people diving with purpose because we noticed a lot of people were signing up to courses but when you ask them when they're why are they signing up the courses they can't often answer those questions so what we did was we started to give them an advice on different pathways. So they could do a pathway on marine biology. Yeah. So they do project wear, coral conservation, uh, dive against debris, shark conservation. So they build a little package that they have experienced and it's around a subject they're interested in. And then they in. can take that to other dives they do around the world. Absolutely. Equally, we have things around um, things like wrecks and one of the things I'm very passionate about is um, maritime archaeology and we can give them courses that allow them to do that but we're also linked into organisations like on the biology side into sea search uh, the maritime uh, organisations like Nautical Archaeological Society uh, and giving people that purpose for when they go diving I think it gives it that little bit extra doesn't it that you yeah. can focus on you've got a plan yeah definitely it's nice to know that every time you're going diving 
you're actually thinking about the environment that you're actually diving in as well. I think you can give something back and help. And I think especially like with the generation coming up, people are naturally thinking like that already. Yeah, one of my favourite things is um, I. One of the places I like to go on holiday is uh, to a place in northern Sardinia. Uh, notice I'm not telling the exact location. <laughs> there might be a reason. Yeah, um, doesn't want everyone secrets. to go there. Yeah, oh, yeah it's, for anybody who's ever dived in the Mediterranean, they'll generally tell you it's devoid of life. Uh, but Italy are now starting to build some really good. Uh, marine conservation zones and there's an area I go with in a certain dive centre that we do survey work on red coral Mediterranean red coral and normally we can find that red coral round about the 20 metre range it does vary but that sort of range and give me an example here I went last year diving uh, an island called Nilja um, just out of Dubrovnik in Croatia and again, we went to have a look at for red coral. Yeah. It was at 52 metres there. So a bit of difference. Yeah. And the reason why is, although it's licensed in Croatia, there there is just none around. Uh, and every dive site we went to was quite devoid of stuff. So the creation of these marine conservation zones, I think, is really, really important for us as divers. Yeah, definitely. But the world itself. Yeah, just having them that knowledge to see what we can do and give back, and yeah, and what route to take. Yeah, so yeah. we can, you know, if somebody wanted to find about this place and go on holiday there, they could do some stuff with us, prayer to go. So they could do the coral conservation yeah. course at uh, Project Where Do, and we can give them some guidance on where to go. So we also provide that. I'm trying to build up a selection of dive centres so when people come into the shop and they say they are going to uh, St Lucia we can say oh well these are the places that we know we've been to and we would recommend to give people more guidance so I think that's important isn't it to know because then you feel like you're you know what you're getting and, yeah. and you're not thinking that you know there could be so many you know which one do I choose mm-hmm. yeah because when you go away on holiday there's so many different dive centres dive sites which one do you know is the best it's best yeah to go by other people's advice really yeah and it is hard you know what I normally do if I'm going somewhere that I'm unsure of I do two things I I look on the website potentially for the dive centre I might want to go with I then look at on TripAdvisor to see what people ratings. Now, either one of those are never always a a perfect example, as as we all know ourselves. You know, but it often gives you. The next thing I do is I send an email to that dive centre and I look at what response I get. If I get a good response back from them, that's normally an indicator to me that that they are going to be okay. It's not always perfect, but my experience over the years has found that if I get a good response back from them, then it's one they're to go good. For, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we've obviously talked about a lot about building up the diving community, um, especially doing more with the club here. I know it's been hard this year with, with lockdown, um, but I think that's another way, isn't it, of actually if you do your course, um, it's either being part of a club, either with the dive centre you use or you know other bits that you're going to, because you talk to other divers, don't you, and you nine times out of ten there's probably either an instructor dive master or someone else that has been there and can recommend stuff so i think that's important yeah 
Yeah. Gain the right information yeah. behind places. Yeah, certainly our, our the club and art that we set up has been invaluable. We've unfortunately because of the national lockdowns <laughs> this year, it hasn't enabled us to do our plans. But that's no. even done. We still had a lovely trip yeah. to Lundy. Yes. The yeah. guys last year, last autumn, this time last year, they were able to have a go in our helicopter underwater escape yeah. trainer. You know, they've done uh, surface support. Nemo, yeah. yeah. We went to Belgium yeah. Yeah, to do that. We were planning to go back to, I know. to Belgium, you know. Had uh, to cancel several barbecues this year, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But next but, year, hopefully, it will... Um, but you're quite right, again. that community thing's are important. Mm. And, and everybody should know, And why do we all do this stuff at Andark? Is we do feel part of a family. Yeah. And we like to add even more members of our family Definitely, in. Definitely, yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's an ethos for every single person in the organisation is we want people to be welcome and come diving, you know? Yeah, and the... share the knowledge, isn't it? You Absolutely, know, yeah. No questions too stupid. Very, very true. Mm. I'm normally the one asking the stupid <laughs> questions. That's my job. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I mean I'm learning so much just from being welcomed here on these podcasts every week because I'm I'm here on a journey like I've done up to my advanced level and I am at that point now where I like you say, you dive with a purpose and I want to dive with a purpose and I'm trying to find the root of what that purpose is. And my heart always takes me back to um like conservation. It always takes me back to marine life. And it's because I think my first dive that I actually did with Mim yep. out in the Gillies was, oh, it was just, for me, magical and wow. Because I did, I saw a turtle. I think we saw a baby shark as well. Yeah, yeah it was But it the was coral good. was actually dead. It was bleached. And so it was, at, it was, it was magical and mesmerising for me as a first dive. But it was actually very heartbreaking to think I haven't even seen it in all its, like wonder and splendor and we we are with i guess as we're, we're the ones causing this so we're the ones that we can actually try and fix it and help and so that's i mean you've definitely pushed me down that path with this conversation <laughs> now even more you know where I, you want to go yeah. yeah and especially seeing that we do the shark conservation dive as well with the shark conservation dive that's something people could look at they can do it during lockdown can't they yeah, we a lot about the knowledge. Absolutely. So all the project aware stuff can be done online. The shark aware one does have two dives with it where we encourage people to go dive in the UK. People often don't realise how many shark species we have in the UK waters and what is a shark. I think as we're in well. denial. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well we're not going to get great whites. No. It always makes me giggle. Each spring there's sightings of great white sharks down in the southwest so it, so that's a myth it they generally turn out to be basking sharks oh okay yeah yeah it's it's really yeah. common yeah <laughs> because they're gonna be see, out there yeah <laughs> oh, waiting I'm to coming. see them <laughs> yeah, you know basking shark can be quite a large shark uh, and people see them and they just yeah. think uh, it's not just a huge mouth open sucking yes. up all the plankton nothing Absolutely. to be too yeah. scared of no. just don't swim in front of them <laughs> no but we do you know it's important for people to understand what we're in our waters and what you can see and you can see stuff you know spiny dogfish and that things yeah. like that you can see in the waters um 
if you go off Chesil and stuff like that, not too far into uh, the channel, Port Beagle Sharks, which are quite large, you get, uh, there's all sorts, blue numbers. We were hoping, weren't we, Mim, yeah. this year to, I'd organised a trip in Wales to go with a blue shark specialist. Uh, and we were going to go out and do some work with Blue Sharks. Uh, hopefully, hopefully next year. Next year yeah. we can do it. So you can come along, Rich. Yes, I would love that. Have you, how many sharks have you seen in the UK waters? Um, probably about 10 different species, so quite ah. a few. So for yeah. people who think, oh, there's no no sharks around here, you can't can't see any sharks. We've actually got a lot of marine... There's more than you realise, yeah, especially if you're... If you go towards the southwest and that certainly on the fishing boats and that you see a lot more. Where would you say the best place to dive to see them? Oh, that's a difficult one. Um, my, it depends on what type of shark that you're looking for. Blues, um, down in Pembrokeshire or down in Cornwall, without a doubt. Uh, basking sharks, you can go in the west of uh, Scotland, but they also are very good in the southwest. Um, it just really varies to be honest yeah sharks as a whole don't like bubbles so when you're scuba diving you're not always guaranteed yes there's my dogfish and stuff like that you'll come across and if you do a night dive you might come across me absolutely massive numbers Uh, we did a dive last year off martin's haven and on this one area, there was like sixty dogfish. So, wow. um, so they, they can be they can be quite common, but it just depends, really. Yeah. What's important, and this is part of the Shark Trust, which I like to do work with, they are very proactive around promoting sharks and understanding about sharks in the UK, mainly around shark finning and stuff like that yeah, internationally, right. but. For us in the UK, we still need to be aware of the importance of sharks. Because what people don't realise is sharks are very important to ecosystems. Mm -hmm. If sharks are missing from an ecosystem, ultimately that's where you're going to end up with your bleached corals. Now, there are other things that are going to impact on bleached corals, temperature of the water, sunlight, etc. But if you've got got a full trophic pyramid, so you've not got from the super hunters there right down to the grazers at the bottom that's going to impact so that awareness is not really really and i guess that's one of the things you learn on the courses of about that and what you can do to to help it yeah absolutely what could people do in order to help it is it a case of going out and cleaning up the seas is is there is elements of that but can't disclose that on this podcast bridge that's Ah, okay Oh, to be continued. <laughs> if you just sign up onto the course yeah. here. <laughs> the important thing is to have a sound education around yeah. the subject yeah. and to be open with discussions. Just a snippet. Yeah. You know, we're discussing this yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Knowledge That's power, the first stage. You yeah. know, it's just to discuss. And then we do something about it. I like that. I like the yeah. sound of that. Yeah, I love so it. So we're talking about sort of UK thing. Where's your favourite place that you've dived in the UK? Hmm, that's interesting. That is. It's oh, quite difficult. Notice I'm yeah. thinking here. Yeah, <laughs> UK is is quite hard. I, I am quite a fan of of diving in South Wales in Pembrokeshire and that. I do quite like that, um, but I, equally. I do like quite shallow dives, so I always think 
a classic dive yeah. is um, Swanage Pier. Yeah. You know, in the early spring and that, when there's lots of stuff around and the conditions are right, it is an absolute stunking dive. Yeah, absolutely. But there are other places, you know, uh, Puff Carriers and Weymouth down south west in Cornwall's good Babcon Beach uh, in Devon is very good uh, St Abbs up in Scotland yeah, there are There's a lot more than sites. people think isn't there yeah and that's the biggest problem people don't realise how good diving is in the UK mm. unfortunately the dive industry in the last you know probably 20 years has had a massive hit uh, and there's been a big decline until recently yeah, yeah I, I do think yeah. um, this year has helped it in a way of people thinking about uh, doing it in the UK more yeah. than just abroad because we've definitely had an increase in Sunday dives um, that we have over the last few years which hopefully that means that people are willing to discover their own seas yeah. now that yeah. the staycations are, yeah, yeah now we can't go abroad I think it's nice because actually we're always willing to go far and wide aren't we but there's something quite magical right in front of us i mean i was so unaware of how many sharks we have around the uk yeah and some of the prettiest reefs you'll see are certainly in the uk you know and i was saying about maritime archaeology you know from where we're sat here there's probably within a kilometer uh to 10 kilometres, sort of 2,000 odd wrecks. Yeah. With some internationally important wrecks with HMS Invincible, Mary Rose, Henry V's ship up the Hamble. You know, there is so much just close to us that's also uh, there that we forget about, really. Definitely, yeah. yeah. You always think about what's, you know, abroad and we want to go to different things, but actually in the UK we've got a lot of mm-hmm. great stuff here and it's mm. then exploring it. And yeah. I, I think also is it's helping out um local businesses you know that's been a different thing of of this year even if it's you know your local shop or whatever but it's help supporting local dive boats local dive shops around the uk because that's what will keep the dive industry going won't it especially mm-hmm. in the uk absolutely we have to remember that dive boats don't just do for diving no you know they do for your fishermen they will do your guided trips around you know you think of mike and the the pink ferry yeah. and everything, yeah. Hamble Ferry. But it, diversification is what all these different businesses need to do to enable us to go diving, to be able to do everything. So, yeah. so supporting places like Andark is really perfectly important, really, to the dive industry. Keeps yeah. us, keeps us all going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep your dive centre going, and yeah. then we can educate people about conservation and save our seas as well it's all a big cycle yeah 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 so what about um abroad where's your favorite dive site or place that you've been abroad that either you've enjoyed the most either because of i don't know what you've seen or just the dive itself yeah there's quite a few places um my ultimate favorite is diving in the white sea in russia and uh the ice that wow. is my favorite because that's the whole experience of trying to get to your dive cutting your hole and going diving in there and then the visibility is just amazing so you get sort of 100 meter visibility wow. a bit cold yeah but the experience is good was so that a bit have... scary because of what you had to do no hmm. no no it's not ex- 
it's very safe. Yeah. It's very good. You know, before we go to, you, you wouldn't want to go straight to go diving in Russia. No. So. <laughs> Got to build up to yeah, it. Yeah, build up yeah. to that. So we did altitude diving in Austria. Yeah. In one of the lakes there, uh, which is equally the same amazing experience. Diving under the ice at altitude as a whole new world wow. because different tables and stuff for that. So that's interesting. So I like that. But I don't just like cold water stuff. I also really like warm water stuff. And again, one of my favorite places to go is to Komodo in uh, Indonesia. The diving there by Komodo is pretty special. Yeah. The currents are so strong. It's literally like having a rocket on your back when you go through. <laughs> when you get in position and watch you go down deep and watch stuff come through. You see some major big pelagics and big sharks and stuff and some massive mantas and stuff. That's brilliant. But you don't have only have the diving, you go on the island then and then yeah. you have the Komodo, Komodo dragons Dra yes. to go see. So a site like that is amazing. Yeah. But one of the places I always recommend to people is Mexico. Uh, and I'm a fan of Playa del Carmen. So yeah. it's sort of mid between Tulum and further north. Uh, and you can easily get across to the islands and everything. Uh, the reason I like that is the reefs are pristine. So the reefs are absolutely amazing. Yeah. And in certain areas, the currents are not great. So you get a good dive. Yeah. There's also a good chance, whether you're in the summer, it's you go diving potentially with... Uh, uh, whale sharks uh, during the winter months it's with bull sharks so you've got the the oh, chance of going whale through sharks. those <laughs> yeah but if the weather's not good then you can go diving in the cenotes and then the cenotes are all they're incredible world. yeah uh, and they are incredible you know that yeah them, don't yeah you? So, yeah, went, yeah. yeah it's really really good so those are my areas of the world, really. I like a special, and of course, my secret place in Sardinia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sign up off. to the courses, <laughs> and he might let you know. <laughs> What's on? Uh, where haven't you been that you really want to go? There's only one thing that's on my bucket list, and there's only one thing, and that's I want to go uh, and dive at the North Pole. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would be yeah. pretty remarkable. Yeah, see Santa, I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Diver Santa. Depending what time of year yes. you go, man. Yeah, yeah. He'll be busy. Yeah. If it's maybe yeah. January, you have to go yeah. when he's on his holiday. <laughs> How, what what makes you want to go there? Because I've not been there. Yeah. <laughs> Different part of the yeah, world, yeah. Because yeah. I've not been there, yeah. and it, not many people get to go there, and certainly not many people get to go dive there, so that's it. I know how you can do it. It's the the price. Yeah. Because you're looking at sort of seventy thousand euros to get not, there. Not cheap. Wow. Yeah, it's it's not cheap. Wow. No. Unless you become friends with Santa, then yeah, yeah. yeah. Or just start to... swimming now. However, <laughs> <laughs> the cheaper option is perhaps go to Greenland and go uh, go diving uh, on uh, icebergs. That's uh, another. Oh, wow, that would be that, incredible. That's, that's more achievable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I would say that's the next one down. I've done diving in Greenland, um, but I've not done yet the, the full iceberg thing. Yeah, that would be yeah, that different would be, as well. Yeah. Cool to do. Incredible to see what an iceberg's like underneath. Yeah, yeah. definitely. 
diving around it. So with um, what about products in terms of we've asked a few of the um, the other people that have done this. Um, For I'd say for like a newbie diver, what three products are essential that um, you think all divers should own? Yeah, well, this is going to sound really silly, but a good fitting mask is probably... That's not silly, it's what everyone has said. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's comfort, yeah. and it's 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 on your face, it can fill up, steam up. Yeah, and that is more and more. When I, st- when I get to teach people, I see them, they pitch up with a mask, and I look and think, you bought the wrong thing, it doesn't fit you. So before you come in and start a course come in let us look at how a mask fits you and then give you some advice yeah on one that fits your mask because it ain't always the most expensive one there's the no. best one it can yeah. often be the cheapest one but it's better to get that impartial advice and get a mask that fits you yeah. before you're on course and then we give you all the other advice about how to prepare your mask before you come on a course we'll give you advice on how you can stop it steaming up and what sprays you can buy for example maybe it can make or break a a dive can't it yeah you know it doesn't fit well it's uncomfortable or you know it does keep steaming up you're then thinking about that and not not what you're doing yeah and there's certainly there's a whole plethora of things that we can suggest for you if you wear spectacles for example we can give you advice on lens fittings and that if that's what you need but all that sort of thing is really important yeah so you can see what see what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) i should probably take that advice (laughs) yeah i suppose the the second most important thing is um finding out where you're going diving now if you're a holiday diver all right and you're going to go on holiday um your mask as we've said and your snorkel of course is important yeah the next thing that you need to think about here is what where are we going diving quite often people don't buy the right torches for example and a good torch is something that you can't normally hire when you go away on holiday but a good torch enables you to shine it in locations to see what's hiding and stuff there's loads of reasons a torch can be useful on a dive so a good torch would be good uh, my favorite maker torch yeah. is maris <laughs> <laughs> and you can guess me which um ones i'm talking yeah. about here uh, but maris torches i found it are probably the best that i've used in certainly for recreational diving torches have come a long way as well because a lot of them are rechargeable now which is brilliant for going abroad um, yeah you don't have to worry about batteries got, on mm. again for people <laughs> listening it's really important that they don't buy the first thing that they see uh, on the internet it's and especially places like amazon and ebay be careful of what you buy come in and speak to us let us show you products you know and and have a play around to see what suits you but yeah rechargeable ones then we're out of doubt especially on holiday yeah are invaluable yeah and i suppose the third thing is going to sound really strange but it's linked into my project to wear stuff is a good cutting device and i don't mean a hoofing great big james bond knife (laughs) tackle the world i'm talking just a simple cutting device yeah because again every dive should have a purpose to it 
and if you find rubbish on a dive you need to collect them yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. and the one thing you will find on a regular basis is line and just a simple cutter line, yeah. will allow you to cut those lines and then take them away so they can't cause any hazards to other divers marine traffic or the wildlife marine life that uh, inhabit that area it's again a good tool isn't it to then think about mm-hmm. being a more you know environmentally friendly diver and you know doing your but having that purpose on a dive for it absolutely and... i'm gonna add a fourth one. Oh, go on yeah your mesh bag i yeah. was just yeah. about to yeah. ask where you gonna put yeah. Yeah. yeah what bag would you take you got to remember that <laughs> do we do we have mesh bags here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. and yeah. you can get also like special project wear ones yeah. i think somebody did ones as well didn't they yeah, yeah absolutely um, i always give them to our guys on the sunday dives yeah. and i do now when i teach our open water course i do make people are aware of these bags and actually make them carry them on their courses as well so if they find rubbish on their course they pick it up as well that's good drilling it into everyone so it becomes a norm once you get used to doing it you know and that can make an impact on the environment definitely yeah and it goes back to saying that you know making that dive have a purpose and that's a really really good purpose isn't it if you're helping out the the underwater world yep you're going down to look at the fishes world help them out at the same time the end of the day we put the rubbish there haven't we so yeah. they didn't yeah. do it exactly. unless they're shopping at tesco's but i, I don't feel think like that is. my christmas list has just got gotten bigger and bigger and bigger after hearing all these different products it's a good job that we're doing all those hampers it is yeah yeah and uh, we've got Your some christmas nice hampers. hampers maybe the mesh bag maybe that needs to go in diving, it. yeah yeah i feel we'll now that back to our list oh, yeah absolutely. yeah <laughs> yeah thank you for talking yeah, to us Bridge much. have you got it's any other questions insightful. that you want to ask me um, have I got any other crazy stupid questions that I would love to ask you <laughs> <laughs> I think you've, you've given me all the information that I feel I want to take to move on to my next step I'm definitely going to like look into the conservation dives and the shark dives definitely um but no, I think I think I think we've kind of that's everything. Unless is there any advice you would give um someone who's just completed their advanced uh diving, what what next step to take? Where to go? Well, in your case, we'll look in a minute to see if we can look at the rescue course and we can yes. start that. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's like a definite yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what about um specialties? Which obviously I know, um, with the conservation side, there's specialties. But for what kind of I suppose four or you know five, if you're looking for master scuba, would be, um, the ones that you would recommend for just having a varied, not necessarily focus on one thing, but someone likes a bit of everything and they want to explore. What what five would you recommend? Yeah, well, an easy one, very straightforward is your nitrox course yeah and uh, nitrox is important especially if you go on liverboards and stuff like that mm-hmm. where you're doing five and six dives a day so nitrox would be a good one to do another good one is because i want you to be going diving under swanage pier yeah is to do your dry suit course yeah so uh, the importance is a we will train you on using a dry suit course but it also when you have your 
certification means you can also then hire a dry suit because mm-hmm. they are quite expensive to buy. So you have to have that certification in order to hire absolutely. a dry suit. Yes, yeah, okay. absolutely. And we, you know, especially this time of year, if you're doing it open water, then you know we we say that you should really do your dry suit add-on yeah. because of. Um, the water's colder yeah, and also so. then you get that certification and it, it, it seems silly to, to not have it if you do want to do UK diving yeah. um, you know in not, not necessarily just now but in, in years to come then you've got that, that certification yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah on top of that another important one to have is uh, the DSMB course with deployable surface marker boy again it's a skill that I know from when I'm doing uh, refreshers or or certainly people have come back and have learnt open water somewhere overseas or wherever it is very few people know how to deploy a surface marker boy that is quite a pivotal skill to have in diving it is part of the open water course and on other courses but the speciality itself is one that's invaluable to you as a diver in developing your diving career so we've got nitrox dry suit We've got DSMB, then we're left with two others of what, what would be good for people to do. Well, a deep course is one that's worth doing. Mm-hmm. The maximum depth we can go as recreational divers to 40 metres. You as an advanced diver at the moment can do 30 metres. Mm-hmm. Giving you that extra 10 metres gives you a little bit more range, gives you a little bit more training. And that's that's one that's quite invaluable, really. For people to do, I guess, yeah. especially if you're interested in wreck diving, um, yeah, means that you've got more yeah, options, uh, haven't you? There, if then the wrecks are a little bit deeper, then yeah, you, know, you just, can do it. Uh, for example, we're talking about Mexico, weren't we? In the bull sharks, yeah, mm-hmm. well, they're at 32 meters, okay, so, so you need to be deep qualified to go dive yeah. with them. It's only a couple of meters, but your training is yeah, beyond that, yeah. so that's a really good course to do. The other course that I, I recommend, which people often don't think about, is the certain recovery course. And thinking, why would we want to do that course? Because it encompasses navigation, not work, a whole plethora of diving skills that you wouldn't normally do. And yeah. that's a real good foundation. Equally, if you start to get addicted to diving, like a lot of divers do, <laughs> you know, they start by doing one course yeah, and they're ten years yeah. later plus, is that if you do the deep course and your search and recovery courses, they're also uh, handy for your dive master because guess what? Two skills that you need to have done, <laughs> scenarios or yeah. courses, are those two. Handy. So, so it lets you go yeah, up the Everything chain. in building blocks is important. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, the same with pro development. When you go from dive master, once you've completed your dive master training, we put people through their DSD leader training. Yeah, and the reason why is that gives them a tasting of being an instructor. In inverted yeah. commas, and then if they like that, that gives them the push maybe to go on and be a full instructor. Yeah, yeah, it's all about stepping up yeah. to it, and it and sounds yeah. like no matter what path you want to take with diving, no matter whether it's down the conservational route or the commercial, it's really about that experience and becoming a natural diver and having all those safety measures around you and kind of it's it's thinking for yourself. Yeah, that's what I'm starting to learn in every single dive that you do and every single dive you've recommended in the specialties is 
It's about knowing what to do if you ever get put in a situation, any kind of situation. And so that's what's important with all these specialty courses is learning, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's very yeah. important. It's that word enhance. Yeah. 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 It enhances your knowledge and experience so that if you want to do a dive in yeah. that field, you have the correct training to do that dive. So like you said, yeah. you, you went to Russia and you swam in the White Sea and no, it wasn't scary for you because you have all that experience. So no dive will yeah. be that scary if you build up all this confidence and if you build up your knowledge. So it is so, in, so important to keep training, which I'm, I'm definitely recognising. And I think it's also if you have that goal of you want to go somewhere, it's thinking, OK, well, I'm only an open water diver on a bounce. Well, how do I get there? Yeah. Then, it, you know, that's speaking to other divers, your local dive centre and asking them because they'll say, well, you're probably not ready for that. But if you did this, this and this, then you will be. Um, so it's just talking about it. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Watch this space. I'll be down in the waters with a shark very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Might just be the goldfish that we put in the ant up pool, but just dress you up as a shark. (laughs) Thank you, thank you very much. That was Um, a lovely. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. If you want to find out the secret location, then um, you're obviously going to have to sign up to a Zoom course, aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, thanks, Steve. Thank Thank you very much.